Breaking news. 107,735, Sean. That's the number of Americans that we lost between August 2021 and August 2022 from drug poisonings. And two-thirds of those, 66%, are fentanyl. Today, we're going to be talking about two drugs, and they're very different. They're both very different chemically, but they both might present in the same way, and I'm, I'm going to even call them opioid overdose mimics. And so the first drug, xylazine, is known, as many of you know, and many of you deal with every day, is known as Trank, and it's commonly found in fentanyl that's purchased on the street. We just got a notice from the FDA about this just a little while back, and it's ripping through communities. And the other one, tianeptine, is known as gas station heroin, and it's purchased over the counter, and people get this stuff on the internet. And so very different drugs, chemically very similar in the way they present. Let's talk about it. Trank and gas station heroin. It sounds like a 1980s buddy comedy or something, doesn't it? <laughs> Hilarious. Mm. Xylazine. I, I'm sure everybody's probably very familiar with Trank or Xylazine now. Maybe not so much gas station heroin, depending on what part of uh, the country and world you're in. But both of these, Stuart, as we were saying before we hit record, right, they've been around for a long time. I mean, we've seen xylazine abuse for decades because it's used very commonly in veterinary medicine. This is kind of their way that they sedate animals. So it's very clinically and structurally similar to dexmedetomidine. And so those are the facts that we'll see. In 2022, the DEA, of all the seized fentanyl that they had, about 25% of injectable fentanyl powder had xylazine in it. And about 7 to 10% of the pills. So this is in there a lot. And as I mentioned, it's structurally similar to clonidine and dexmedetomidine. So what effects are we seeing? You said it best, Stuart. These are really opioid mimics. So you're going to see CNS depression. You're going to see meiosis. You're going to see respiratory depression, of course, that we're going to worry most about. And just like an acute clonidine poisoning, you can see hypertension followed by hypotension. It seems to happen a little bit more with xylazine for some reason, and then bradycardia. So really, that's the clinical effects of xylazine in a nutshell. Okay, so here's a clinical scenario. A patient is brought to you by EMS with coma, decreased respirations, pinpoint pupils, track marks. It's thought to be a heroin overdose, but they give two milligrams of naloxone. And at first, they think they're getting a response, but it's very clear that there's no real response. You've given another two, four, even up to 10 milligrams of naloxone, Sean, like you tell us to do when we think we're getting somewhere, and nothing's happening. So what do we do when they don't respond? So they may or may not, right? So if they do, they do. But if they don't, it might put you into either a polydrug poisoning or one of these agents. What you do is what you do every day, everybody, which is just support them, right? So if they do need bag valve mask ventilation, you do that if they need supplemental oxygen and just put on a monitor. And if you need to proceed with intubation, well, you proceed with intubation. But again, that naloxone response, as you said, Stuart, can be transient and sometimes not even there. Now, the derm effects are getting a ton of attention. You're seeing these terrible wounds on people, necrotic-looking lesions. Is there something different about this than other injection drugs that makes it more toxic to the tissues? Yeah, so Trank, they're calling them Trank burns. So you'll have people come in and usually it's with parenteral or someone who's using IV or using it subcutaneously, although it has been described with other routes of administration. Now, 
People might remember in Stewart, it's probably, I don't know how many years ago when we talked about crocodile or crocodile, right? That was a big problem in Russia. And one of the reasons they called it crocodile was because people were getting all these skin manifestations and getting these horrible kind of wounds. And that can happen really with any injectable drug, right? They might not be using the cleanest needles. They might be injecting bacteria in there. There might be adulterants or contaminants in the material that they're injecting. But Trank or xylazine seems to be a little bit different because of those alpha agonist effects. Now, it's a central alpha-2 agonist, just like clonidine and dexmedetomidine, but it seems to have a lot of vasoconstrictive effect early on, and that's a lot of the thinking why they have these necrotic wounds or a lot of skin breakdown at the areas that they are injecting. So, It's just going to be good wound management if it's infected. Of course, you're going to treat that with antibiotics. If there's an abscess, drain it. But you might need to get consultation if it's a really bad wound. Okay, now here's the $64,000 question. We've been hearing for years about how fentanyl is being added to other medications that are more expensive as a cheap adulterant. So why in the world are we now seeing people add other stuff, in this case xylazine, to the fentanyl? What's the point in that? Why are they doing this? Improve profit margin? Probably not that reason, but you're absolutely right. Fentanyl is relatively dirt cheap and can be manufactured rather than heroin, which, you know, all, all the processes that have to get and it has to be smuggled into the country. So the main theory is because fentanyl is short acting to potentiate it and give either a real high or the illusion of an ongoing opioid high that xylazine is added because it's going to last longer, okay? The other thing is, it may potentiate the fentanyl. That's one of the other thinkings, right? So when you use them together, there might be a synergistic effect. And then in reality, they can adulterate just because if you have only so much fentanyl and there's a lot of fentanyl, but you can expand that. So it's really unclear, but I think it is the effect to kind of use it with the synergism and give that prolonged clinical effect. Tianeptine. Okay, Sean, so let's talk about the other dastardly drug that we were talking about, Tianeptine. And this is really interesting because I understand that this is used and it's marketed in many countries around the world for depression, for anxiety and depression. Is that right? That is. So Tianeptine is an atypical antidepressant that's used predominantly for depression and anxiety, although it does have a couple of other indications. And it's used in several European countries and it's marketed, right? I mean, it's approved and it's prescribed. France, lots of parts of Asia, Latin America. It's not available in the United States. It's not available in Canada. It's not available in the UK, Australia, New Zealand. So there's kind of a hodgepodge of countries that use it and a hodgepodge that don't. This is the one that's being known as gas station heroin. And it's known as gas station heroin because that's very often where people will buy it, a convenience store, or if they stop at a truck stop or just to fill up to get gas. But of course, you can buy all this stuff on the internet too. And Sean, I asked you earlier, if someone does get this online or at a gas station, what are the trade names that it's sold under? And apparently Zaza, Tiana, TD Red, Pegasus, and Tiana Red are common names that this is sold under. Not the formal pharmaceutical names, I'm sure, that it's sold under in the uh, European countries where they use this therapeutically. But the question is, Sean, why does this basically present as an opioid mimic? So it's quite interesting because if you look at it, and it's supposed to be an antidepressant, but its predominant effects are at the mu opioid receptor with some other activity at one of the other opioid receptors known as delta. 
That'll relieve your depression a little bit. Give you a little bit of mu opioid receptor stimulation, right? That is. Now, you know, there's some data suggests maybe it's got some glutamic acid effects, but it really doesn't seem to affect serotonin much or dopamine. And maybe that's the reason why in a lot of countries that they don't use it, but it absolutely looks just like opioid poisoning or opioid use disorder. And people can even get withdrawal if they chronically use it. So what about reversal with naloxone? Can you reverse gas station heroin? Now, naloxone probably will work in most of these cases of respiratory depression because it's working at the mu receptor, although there's been some mention that sometimes it doesn't work. But this one should respond to naloxone, but it's going to be the same clinical effects basically as heroin or fentanyl with meiosis and respiratory depression, CNS depression, and supportive care and naloxone. Now, Sean, this is really important because if you encounter either one of these agents, you're not going to see it on your talk screen right? These are no shows. Is that correct? That is. And I promise I won't do the toxicology grandstanding against uh, urine toxicology screens. But it is important to know because the chemical structures of these two agents will not cross-react with opioids as a class on your urine toxicology screen. So that might be another clue to you, though, if you did get a urine toxicology screen and it's otherwise negative, but everything clinically looks like an opioid poisoning plus or minus if they have the response to naloxone, which we mentioned can be variable with both of these drugs. And we don't routinely send xylazine levels or tianeptine levels. So it's basically clinical diagnosis, support them, and then watch them in the emergency department four to six hours, just like you would with really any other opioid. And if they are otherwise asymptomatic, I think that's a safe period when you can discharge them. Summary. Two drugs, xylazine which is Trank, a powder that's often mixed in with fentanyl that basically mimics heroin, but these folks don't reverse with naloxone, and Tianeptine, also known as gas station heroin, which is an antidepressant used in other countries, which also mimics an opioid poisoning, essentially because it is, to a large extent, and they mostly will reverse. All patients need to be supported until they return to their baseline and observed about four to six hours. And so that's all, folks. Thanks so much.